Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out to Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Start it up. That would be your Monday, of course. Hope you had a good weekend. Weather was odd, right? Warm and normal on Saturday. And then temperature dropped quite significantly into Sunday with the wind and the uh, chilly temperatures. And as you said, Buck, you man, it was downright cold yesterday. I was cold. Yeah, that wind was it for me. Woo. Wind was gusty. It was uh, quite the change from uh, Friday, Saturday into Sunday. But you know what? E was okay because I got to harvest some broccoli. That's right. The old lettuce rancher Man. dipped into the broccoli this year. How many of us can And I got a that? couple crowns of broccoli, which is probably takes up a lot of space. Does it really? Yes, it does. In a in a small garden when you think you're just gonna be the lettuce rancher and you think you throw in, you know, two or three little plants of broccoli, when they get big, it's like a hell bit like a big elephant ear. Like man, oh man! Well, glad you did that. And I am glad, glad it was. T- by the way, it was Anytime tasty. You can harvest anything; it's a good. It thing. was tasty, very nice. Well, we're going to harvest a, a great show today. We've got a lot to do. We've already checked in, as we said. You know, last Monday it was all about Texas and the orange-white scrimmage, but this past weekend, a lot of Longhorn rivals uh, had their orange-white or their whatever they call it scrimmages. And uh, we talked last hour to Chris Level talking Texas Tech. This hour, down at the bottom of the hour, we're going to check in with our good buddy Tyler McComas, who covers Oklahoma. The Sooners had their maroon and crimson game or whatever they call it on Saturday, so we'll find out Brett Venable's year two coming off a 6-7 and seven campaign. How much improved are the Sooners? Because uh, Longhorns are feeling pretty good about themselves. Let's find out about some of those teams that they're going to have to beat to win the Big 12 championship. Also, in our coach's corner, we'll dive into this quarterback debate in the NFL, why the Texans and others may be souring on C.J. Stroud. There is actually uh, some some evidence of maybe why that is, not just a a smear campaign. And uh, also, Buck, Longhorn basketball with a good weekend uh, coming in after what we heard yesterday. Yeah, let's get to the headlines, the trending topics. Also, Ty will lead us through the hot or not topics. Did you see what what happened? One of your favorite stores declared bankruptcy over the weekend. Yeah, Bed Bath and Beyond. Bed Bath. And yeah, they Beyond. were starting to get there. They were starting to close a lot of stores, but I, Bed, but, but they are Beyond. just they they put it out there on the market now that they're closing up. Now they're going to try to stay open. They're going to try to re re and it's all about the box stores and yeah. people get everything online now. And you're right. The, when's the last time you walked into a Bed Bath and Beyond? Uh, two weeks ago. Oh really? Oh yeah. Guess what I got for the mullet open. What? Bunch of George Foreman grills, the bigger ones. You know, George Foreman has a bigger grill now. Are they giving them away? Uh, big George Foreman. The big, they have a big George Foreman grill now. It's not the little one, you know, like that little ghetto one that man, you have even sitting on the counter at the house. That's so That's so flip phone. I mean, come it's, on, all, man. it's all about the air fryer now, man. No. It's all about the air fryer. No. 
We did. We've done fish on the George Foreman Grill it's before. Just in time in for his his new yeah, movie. And we almost got out. fired the the morning we <laughs> cooked fish on the George Foreman Grill. We had tilapia in, up Everybody, in here. Everybody, the whole office smelled like a oh. fish, and every, oh, God, everybody was, was so awful. mad at us. That was not a good idea. No, we won't do that. You can't cook fish at work. Do not bring fish. All to I was work. trying to do is prove to you how good a piece oh, of fish on the George Foreman Grill will taste. But the people here were not happy. The people are that. still hiding that thing underneath the cabinet by the sink. <laughs> they don't. They don't bring that out for anybody right, to actually see. T- tip for kids: don't yeah. cook. Fish don't cook fish in the office at, ever, ever. Ever. Don't ever do kitchen. it. Don't do that. Uh. Uh-uh. Hey, let's get to the headlines. Trending topics to uh, launch your Monday morning. One of those things. All right, there we go. There That's we go. the one. Let's start with the headlines brought to you by UBO Business Services. Good day and good Sunday for Longhorn Hoops yesterday. Rodney Terry, a pair of major announcements coming down yesterday. First word from the local product, Dylan DeSue, one of the key pieces to the Horns' run to the Big 12 Tournament Championship and run to the uh, Elite Eight in the tournament itself, uh, is going to return for a final season at Texas. One more run with the Horns, picking up where he left off last year, hopefully before the injury. Also came word last night, the Longhorns have earned the commitment of Virginia big man transfer, Caden Shedrick, 6'11", power forward, one of the few impact post players in the portal. He visited Duke and Missouri along with Texas and now wants to come to Austin to showcase more of his offensive game with the Horns. He will have two years of eligibility remaining. Uh, also from the uh, 40 Acres, it was a tough weekend for the Longhorn baseball team, beyond a tough weekend. 14th-ranked Horns came into the weekend alone in first place in the Big 12. They leave it tied for fourth place because they got swept at home by the rival Sooners. Horns dropped a tough one Friday night, 2-1 to one, in a game where Lucas Gordon pitched great, but it was a walk, uh, a base-loaded walk in the eighth inning that broke the 1-1 tie for the Sooners. Then the pitching really fell apart over the course of Saturday, played a doubleheader with the Sooners. The uh, Sooners get nine wins of 9-6 to six and 6-4. Six to four. Longhorns played from behind in both of game, both of those games. Longhorns now 27-15, and 8-7 in the Big 12 for a disappointed David Pierce. Not a good day for the Longhorns, you know. You get a humility, you know, you get it at home and uh, playing OU. And, you know, when you when you kind of look at the big picture, you can't give things away. And at the end of the day, we gave everything away. We could have won two and we lost two. Great weekend for Texas softball. Meanwhile, at McCombs Field, they uh, swept third-ranked Oklahoma State. Three straight games. How about the series for the freshman Reese Atwood? She provided the game-winning walk-off hit on Friday night's win at McCombs Field. And then in the first game of a doubleheader Saturday, a three-run walk-off homer in the seventh inning to give the Longhorns a win. They then took the finale 5-2. to two. Also light the tower for the Texas women's tennis team. They claimed the Big 12 title for the fourth time in five years. NBA, quadruple header of playoff action yesterday on the hardwood. Knicks grab a three-games-to-one lead over Cleveland in that first-round series. 102-93, the win there. Golden State held on for a thriller, thrilling win, 126-125. They beat Sacramento to even that series at two. Boston whipped Atlanta. They're up, they're up 3-1 now. Minnesota avoided elimination, taking down Denver in overtime, 114-109. Major League Baseball, Astros may have jump-started their early season. They finished off a three-game sweep in Atlanta of the Braves. 5-2 was the win yesterday. Another big late hit for Jordan Alvarez. Two-run single, tied the game at two, and then the Astros added three in the ninth. The Rangers took the rubber game of their three-game set with Oakland by that same score, 5-2. to two. Round Rock won in Sacramento, 3-1. to one. And in soccer, the early season Blues continue for Austin FC on Saturday night. They lost to the previously winless LA Galaxy 2-0 in LA. Verde were one of the top goal-scoring teams in the MLS last season. That has not been the case so far this. Austin hasn't scored a goal in a match since a match with Colorado in late March. They fall to 11th place in the West.
This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's <laughs> UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. You know, we've been we've had David Pierce on for the last couple of years and I I mean, he sounded very disappointed and and what happened. I think it's not just what happened this weekend, but last weekend too. That's that's starting to wear on him a little bit to, you know, I mean, I'm not saying he sounded defeated. He just sounded very disappointed in how his team is just giving runs away. Yeah, giving free passes. I mean, yeah. you, you just have to pitch to contact. I mean, that's the the most frustrating part of this Texas team is they have put the num- it in play. They have the number one defense in the Big Twelve, and you know, you know, just let your defense go to work. I mean, the the, the game on Saturday, the first game of the doubleheader, after losing on Saturday on Friday night in a real gut punch way, where Lucas Gordon pitches great, he's your most reliable pitcher. And it's one to one in the eighth inning, and I mean they walk the bases loaded and walk in the winning run. I mean they didn't have to get a hit, and uh, Oklahoma and Skip Johnson, you know, get the, the final three outs of the of the eighth and ninth, and get out of there with a two to one win. And then you come back Saturday, Travis Staley worked a pretty efficient first inning, but then gave up five runs in the second inning. And I mean, gosh, I was listening to this game while driving to Dallas. I mean, it's it's walk, walk, walk. I mean, he walks the bases loaded. And then you go to Zane Morehouse because he couldn't find the strike zone, and he throws a wild pitch, then a walk. I mean, Oklahoma didn't even have to put the ball Dude, in play. They had like two singles up the middle. That's like it. Right up the guts. Then they cut one through the hole, and uh, you know, all of a sudden they got five runs on the board. They end up up eight to nothing you know, yep. over the first three innings of the game, and you're playing uphill. And then you come back in the in the second game. Well, by the way, Longhorns got it to nine to six. They got back in the game and at least made it. It was a, it was a two run ball game after six innings, but. You know, you're just playing from behind the whole game. Same thing happened in the in the next game with, and you know, this is where David Pierce maybe sounds he's frustrated for sure because he doesn't know who he can trust right now. He's looking for reliable arms who will throw throw strikes and just make him put it in place so their defense yeah. can go to work. I mean, we know what a Skip Johnson team is, right? It's very Augie Garrido like. He worked with him for so long. It's going to be small ball. They're not going to have a lot of power. They're going to run the bases. They're damn sure going to take game, them walks. Speed game, discipline. Try to try to create and manufacture runs, and Texas just played right into that all weekend long with that pitching staff. And they on Saturday's uh, second game of the double, remember they they moved it up for a doubleheader because they didn't want to play in the potential weather we had yesterday uh, and get Oklahoma out of here. And Kobe Minchie, the young freshman from Gerald, who'd been so good in a couple of Tuesday starts or midweek starts, you know he came in and had three walks and just couldn't find the strike zone. And uh, obviously, it's a frustration that. You don't have you can't find pitchers who are confident to go yep. to the mound and and deliver. I, I just want you know again it's not it's the middle of the season here. You're eight and seven in the Big Twelve. You're still right in the mix. And we just found out this weekend you you win a series, sweep a series. You're right back to the top. That as David Pierce said in the Craig Way report, you could also go be at the bottom if you, you go to TCU this weekend and play at Fort Worth and continue to pitch how you're pitching. You may get the return of Tanner with this weekend. I don't know what what capacity that's going to be. But, yeah, it is a beyond frustrating situation for Texas basketball. Great day for Texas uh, baseball. Texas basketball had a great day. And the next big question, Buck, for the Longhorns. You, so, Caden Shedrick is in, 6'11", big man from Virginia, who wants to showcase his offensive game. He's been pretty much relegated to playing defense and rebounding for the for the Cavaliers his first couple of years. Uh, he's going to roll in here at 6'11", athletic, looking to feature his offensive game. Dylan DeSue, we know what he is. He's back at 6'9". We know that the freshman from Duncanville will be coming in, Ron Holland, who's the best player in the state, one of the best players in the nation, and most believe is kind of an immediate impact kind of player in college basketball, even as a true freshman. I believe Tyrese Hunter will be back. He's just doing the formality of going through the draft process. I think you're going to see Tyrese Hunter back 
in their Longhorn backcourt next season. So the next big name to watch for is this kid from Oral Roberts named Max yep. Asmus. Uh, he's from Dallas Jesuit. As we've said, he's the two-time Summit League most valuable player, big-time player, four-year starter at Oral Roberts, 20, again, 20 points a game, great shooter, uh, great free-throw shooter, just, a, just a, everything you'd want combo guard. He is apparently close to, to, a, to, to committing to Texas. Now, if you can push that over the top buck, now you've got the formation of a pretty Before solid roster. Ever, yeah, uh, because essentially Max Asmus, a 22-year-old you know player of the year in his own conference, would replace what you were you were hoping to have with Arturo Morris, right? I mean, that was going to be your backcourt, and then now Arturo is out in the transfer portal. This could be a big time veteran replacement there, but that one needs to happen. It's got to become you know official. But there is a lot of confidence in the program that it's they're feeling good. It's between Texas and Kansas State for Asmus from Oral Roberts. Yeah, they need him badly. They need to have that guard. And he and he and Tyrese Hunter would give you the you know, Tyrese Boy, Hunter as a junior would learning from the NBA of what he needs to work on with this guy who's a veteran player. I can't believe they would tell him, no, no, you're ready for the NBA. Yeah. I I don't think that's going to be the answer. Well, I mean, a six foot guard coming off of a not a great season. Right. He heated it up at the end of the year. And that's the hope that as a junior, look, Marcus Carr did it last year too. He went through that's the draft right. process. They, you know, he got his body in better shape. He did a lot of nice things, and Marcus had a great year uh, in his final year at Texas. That would be the hope with Tyrese Hunter, who could come back for a third season. So we're watching all of that good news. Let's dive into our coach's corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. That's my guy Tom McKay, who apparently not only can get you all the TVs and home uh, entertainment you need, also gives out good hockey picks to Ty. There, let's dive into that coach's corner. Audiovisual consultations and Tom McKay—the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. Good picks, Ty from from Tom McKay. Undefeated, undefeated in hockey. Picked huh? every game and every over under yesterday, Tom and a few correct hockey. scores. Tom knows his hockey. He does know his hockey. The numbers guy, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. He is a numbers guy when it comes to hockey. All right. Well, speaking of numbers, you know, you and I, and I think most of the uh, NFL college football world have been debating this. What is what's going on with the Houston Texans? Why are they not hot on CJ Stroud as their their quarterback? Okay, that's been the ongoing debate. Me as a Houston Texans fan, I've been trying to figure this out. I think we may have at least some answer to it. And it comes courtesy of a guy that I think this isn't a clickbait guy. This is a, this is somebody Bob McGinn, right, who's been writing Oh, Bob McGinn. Well, we're talking about a guy who's been writing and covering the NFL for 40 since 1979. Yep. Uh, he covered the Green Bay Packers forever and ever for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, his lead-up to the draft uh, coverage has always been among the best anybody does. And so he put out a story late last week, and it's all part of a five-part series he's doing position by position. And here's why you like Bob McGinn. He, his stuff comes from from people within the league that he's known for years and years and years. So he gets really, really good information Again, it's not bomb throwing. It's not any. And the story about C.J. Stroud did not come as some, you know, breaking news story. It's a part of his piece on the quarterbacks, on how he's ranking the quarterbacks and what he's hearing about the quarterbacks. And you know, last week we told you about something called the S two test, Buck. Remember the cognitive test from this group in Nashville that gives these cognitive uh, assessments of players. Uh, it's become the new hot thing in football. Uh, it used to be a baseball. It was developed in baseball, but the S2 cognition test comes from a business based in Nashville, uh, and NFL teams have now gone to taking taking uh, its advice. And here's what it is: um, so it's a thirty to thirty thirty to forty five minute exercise that uh, is specially designed. It's on a gaming laptop. 
and it's a response pad that records and rea- uh, records reactions in two milliseconds. It's how players process and make split-second decisions, which is a pretty important you know trait when you're playing quarterback. It's about anticipating, reading, reacting, and adapting to the game and their measurable skills. Okay, so this is a mm-hmm. this isn't like because when, when you hear C.J. Stroud and what his score was, this isn't an IQ test. This isn't how smart is C.J. Stroud. This isn't the wonder lick. This is really. Uh, assessing how his brain absorbs information and reacts to it, his cognitive level. So here's here's the uh, so a couple of years ago, Joe Burrow took this test and scored a 97 out of out of LSU, right? Scored a 97, uh, and his total score was broken down into four sections: visual learning, instinctive learning, impulse control, and improvisation. And Joe Burrow recorded 93% or better in all four of those categories. And we've seen Joe Burrow go on to be one hell of a player, right? Uh, and then Bryce Young took that test this year, this, the S2 test, and scored a 98. And again, his tape, when you watch C.J. Stroud, we talk about him being calm and chaos and making great decisions and knowing what to do with the football. Uh, that would that would lead you to believe, okay, he, cognitively he's really good. He sees the field ahead of, ahead of schedule. He reacts properly, and this test is an indicator. Uh, Bryce, excuse C.J. Stroud took the test and scored an 18. Scored 18%, which, you know, it's not the be-all, end-all that you can't take him, but if you're the Houston Texans or you're drafting in the top five, this might be a pretty big red flag to say, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, that, that would be, that's a problem. You know, it's, it's one thing to score 65. Yeah. Or 75, and maybe not as high I mean, as like you'd passing? like. But 18 you know, that's a problem. Uh, and that's, look, if, I mean, NFL people have been wanting forever, man, I wish I could get in this guy's brain and try to figure out how he sees things, how he reacts to things quickly. I know he's got great, he's a great student, he's a good leader, he's a good teammate, but why do some quarterbacks not see the field and some some do? This test seems to be as close as they found technology-wise to, to being right. Because as we said, the highest score on that test for last year's quarterbacks was Brock Purdy, who was the last pick of the draft, but... You know, so now this whole cognitive thing is becoming more and more in vogue, and they want to see what the quarterback, how he reacts to quick things. And it's again, it's on a gaming laptop, about a forty-five minute test. C.J. Stroud did not do well. Uh, is that the reason? Would that raise a red flag? Doesn't mean he's not going to get drafted. But if you're a team drafting with the second or third or fourth pick, and make a mistake there, it might lead you to say, "Ooh." I mean, to me, it'd be like these are all data points, right? All of these metrics. Everything you do at the combine, all your tape, everything is a data point. And, you know, like if you had an offensive lineman who you were considering drafting with a high pick and he went to the bench press and bench pressed six times, you'd be like, oh, man. No. This yeah, guy's yeah. not he, strong enough. That's right. He's really good, but he's not very strong. What are we doing? I need him to be – and it, and the story you read last week from TheAthletic.com about this test, you know, NFL people say it's like the 40-yard dash for your brain. It's It's like – how fast are you cognitively, which at the quarterback position, and they've also discovered that at defensive back and safety, linebacker, it's also a very important uh, you know, piece of information because it's how quickly do you read things, see things, and react to things. Yeah, I'd rather see the guy on the field still. I mean, I watched him. He got better, I thought, last year. But the problem for CJ is that his tape also backs up that 18, that when chaos hits, he struggles. He was in chaos against Georgia. That's the one yeah. game where you say, oh, man, he didn't. And I mean, that, and that is a, that's a pretty big game. Pretty big game. But there's plenty. Go back and watch the Northwestern game this year when Pat Fitzgerald threw a lot of different disguise coverages at him, and he looked lost. And, again, it's not, a, it's not just to, to, to smear the well, player. You're, you're, yeah, because you're playing against the best of the best. Yeah, you're trying to determine. Look, if you're drafting in the top five of a draft, 
you're trying to eliminate as many red flags as possible. Especially when it comes to a quarterback. Right. You want all check marks. Like, why is Jalen Carter dropping? Jalen Carter is probably the best player in this draft from Georgia, you know, player for player, pound for pound, but he's dropping because there are red flags about off the field, mm-hmm. right? There's the drag racing sure. incident where two people were killed. There's He showed up for the for his, you know, pro, pro timing day out of shape. I mean, those are red flags. And again, doesn't mean the player won't get drafted. Doesn't mean they can't be a great player. It's... It's just how another high indicator. Do you, how yeah. high do you draft them? How quickly? And do you, you want take all them? indicators you can get when it comes to a quarterback. Yeah, and so again, Bob McGinn. I, I've always said one of the must, I mean, must read guys when it comes to the draft. You can follow him on Twitter, but he wrote the story, and um, one of the executives within the NFL that he talked to said, "Look, this isn't the be all end all, but guys who grade high on this test don't always become good quarterbacks." But he said, "We've never had someone grade low on the test and play well." that they've never found one that grades low on the cognitive that becomes a really good quarterback. Yeah, Kyler must have been good because he knows how to play video games. <laughs> you, know, uh, has, you have to think quick, right? Oh, yeah. Well, again, it's it, it, we go, go to Joe Burrow's test when he took it in 2020. Uh, you know, visual learning, instinctive learning, impulse control, and improvisation. I mean, that they're, really they're just throwing a series of things at your eyes. Like I, I heard an interview with the, with the guy who created the, 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 the test and the system. And, like, they'll flash nine shapes across the screen. Seven of them are circles, two are squares. How quickly do you identify the squares, right? Mm-hmm. How quickly do you find them? How many squares just came by your right. face? Or how, what was the number of squares versus – Right. And how, how quickly did you see them and identify them? These are the kind of things they're doing, but it's for 45 minutes, and it's it's high-level test. And, again, Bryce Young got a 98, uh, you know, um, which is off the charts. Drew Brees took this test and scored off the charts. Uh, we said Joe Burrow off the charts. Brock Purdy, who walked in and looked pretty comfortable playing in the National Football League for the San Francisco 49ers last year, off the charts last year. C.J. Stroud, 18. I mean, that would have Man, to be— 18 is pretty low. I mean, if you're a franchise thinking— 18 is very low. 18 is not good. 18 is damn near a dope. Well, what am look, I talking about? It's 18. Well, it's not a dope, though. It's not an intelligence test. It's not. Uh, I mean, you can... You, I mean, you can this, at this CJ particular Stroud, deal, it's dopey. Yes. But, you know, C.J. Stroud could take an IQ test and test off the charts. Sure. That's about your IQ, right? It's right. not about this. This is about quick reaction time. How you visualize things, what taking, you see. Yeah, your, how your eyes take things, how do you process them, and how do you then react Ties, to those like things. like throwing, you know, like $5 bills across the screen at you and... <laughs> And then a $5 bill, and which one is which? Which is Washington, which is Lincoln. They'll do that to you. Yeah. Would you be able to tell which was how many were in it that went by your face of each? I feel, it sounds like a concussion test to me. A concussion. I, I never did too well with those, so I don't think I'd score too high on in, on this test. Some other quarterbacks in this class who scored well. Jake Hayner, the kid from Fresno State, had a great score. Will Levis, uh, who my guy Ty likes. And it's why he, uh, Kentucky's Will Levis scored an 84%. Uh, Brigham Young's quarterback had a good one, Clayton Toon at, at Houston had a 79, but no one had a 98 like Bryce Young, which is why Bryce Young has become the far and away favorite to be the Carolina Panthers pick, and uh, Houston now has to make a decision. Indianapolis, you know, teams, you know, everybody's got to make that same decision. Several people have said he might not might not have taken the test seriously. Well, well you just go back and give the test again. If you're if you're the Houston Texans, you say, look, I need you to sit down and take this test again and well, take it seriously. That's all, yeah, this means a lot to that's us. That's also an issue if you're going to the combine to to show what you've got both physically and mentally, and you're not taking a test seriously. Correct. I mean, everything. This is a job interview. No, We're going to yeah, invest millions it, of dollars, and you're the face of our franchise. We need everything to be so taken that, seriously. That, 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 that excuse is like, was your mom a prostitute? I mean, I mean, they asked. I mean, they're right. going to do everything they well, can look, to find to, out. To, to the offensive lineman who did the bench press five times. 
you you would say, well, let's do that again. We we like you a lot as a prayer, but we we need you to be able to bench press yeah, twenty five. We'll, we'll see five you. Times. We'll see you when we get to your campus, and hopefully that five times doesn't become seven; it becomes twenty five. Right. Okay, that was a bad day. Yeah. But the idea of cognitive and and reaction time and split to sit split second decisions, millisecond decisions, that's imperative to the position he plays. I mean, it's it's. Vital, uh, and it could be the difference maker between being a good player and not a good player. And that, with the second pick in the draft, you're trying to draft great players. So any red flag becomes a red flag, uh, and that's the very latest on that. Bob McGinn, good stuff, um, good work there behind the Doesn't scenes. Doesn't mean he's not going to be a good quarterback. Doesn't at all. Doesn't at all. It's just why would a team be souring or several teams be thinking, eh, maybe not on him? Um, and that's that's what's out there. We'll see Thursday night. Everybody. And by the way, the Texans will be the one. That's, if anybody makes a mistake, it'll be Texans. <laughs> yes, that's a given. That's a given. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to go back to college football. The spring games are wrapping up all over the Big Twelve and all over the country. We checked in last hour in Lubbock on how it went for Texas Tech and Joey McGuire. Coming next, Brett Venables, year two at Oklahoma. How was their spring? How was their spring game? We'll talk to Tyler McComas coming back. It's Bucky and Aaron. Beginning on a Monday, overcast and colder than normal here at the end of April. Where did that front come from? What a storm that blew through overnight Saturday into Sunday morning, dropping temperatures, but uh, that's going to be the name of the game. Rain tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday. Should be nice for the weekend. But uh, So did you think they, they showed uh, a eight-second clip of, like, alligators going by and then squirrels, you know, in between the alligators and they asked CJ? What are we talking about? So how many gators went by? CJ, and he said one, and there was there was like no. eight gators that weren't by and two squirrels. No. I, I mean, look, Stick again, your head in the machine. Look, CJ Stroud's going to get drafted uh, in this first round, probably in the top ten of the draft. But in the 18 on the, the, the test, the cognitive test does not help uh, when no. the other quarterbacks in the class did much better, including Bryce Young, who scored a 98. Again, not the be-all, end-all, but it is a data point. It is certainly a red flag. His cognitive ability is vital to play in the quarterback position at a high level in the National Football League, I would believe. But uh, we'll see. The draft is in four days. We'll do it Thursday night. Uh, Carolina on the clock, and we know where they're going behind that. Who knows? Uh, Also, speaking of who knows, college football, 2023. How good will the the Big 12 be? How good will the Longhorns be? How good will the Oklahoma Sooners be? With that in mind, come Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Off of their spring and spring game this past weekend, let's go to the Vaqueros Hotline. And talk to a good friend of ours. Anytime we talk Oklahoma and, and uh, Oklahoma sports, it's our buddy Tyler McComas uh, doing great radio up there, great uh, podcast, all the work. He is TC. T Mac, how are you, T? Ah, fantastic. How about you guys? Doing fantastic, man. Always good to talk to you. Always. Yeah, same to you guys. Um, spring ball is officially over here, so we get the uh, nonsense summer headlines trying to figure out if this OU team's going to be ranked or not going into the year, which is odd. There's always women's volleyball there. I mean, not volleyball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, softball, softball. 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 
You yeah. don't want to run into softball again like no. last year. No, no you do not. Uh, all right, so again, we, we did this last Monday with the Texas spring game, and there's optimism. You like this, you don't like this, I and mean, not a lot to tell. But, you know, you cover this on a day-by-day basis, so not just the spring game itself, but what what went good for Oklahoma during this spring, the second under head coach Brett Venables coming off a 6-7 and seven season? It's almost like exactly what Brent Venables told us to open up spring ball ended up being true for the spring. And he seems to be pretty honest when he talks about his team, especially his defense. And before the spring, he was really optimistic and liked his secondary. Um, He likes the front line of the linebackers. There's just not a lot of depth there. And then when he talked about his defensive line, uh, edge rushers, interior guys, like, okay, we got some work to do there. That's what showed up in the spring game. That's kind of what showed up all spring long. The secondary, the, the safeties and corners, they're going to be good, guys. Billy Bowman's back. They got Reggie Pearson, the transfer from Tech. Um, he had a really good spring game on Saturday. And then Peyton Bowen, um, even with all the drama that happened last signing day with him, the, the five-star and the Denton Geyer, he had an interception. He, he looks the part. So a corner and safety, they're going to be good. Uh, backer, as long as they stay healthy, they'll, they'll be fine. The biggest question mark of this team, guys, is the defensive line. Are they going to be able to get consistent pressure? Are they going to be able to stop the run? Will teams with good offensive lines, maybe like Texas, will they be able to get a push against that? I mean, there, there's offensive and defensive line were the two question marks going into the spring, and to me, they're the two question marks coming out of the spring as well. And that's the toughest thing, Tyler, when you, when you if you don't have both of those lines of scrimmage, that's a problem. Uh, and especially for, for you know, I, I love the way the quarterback played at the end of the season. I thought he played pretty well. But how will they run the ball? They lose a couple guys in, the, in, in that uh, running back room, don't they? Yeah, but um, if you go back and you watch the bowl game against Florida State, Gavin Sawchuck, who really didn't play at all last year, mm-hmm. but they needed him to play in the bowl game because Eric Gray's off to the NFL. Right, Guys, he's good. Um, Javante Barnes looked good last year. Like in terms of running back, they got beat up there this spring. Marcus Major, uh, a guy you, you're probably familiar with, got another injury. But this Barnes and Sawchuck duo, we're talking about that duo as maybe the best duo potentially that you've had since Mixon and P. Ryan. Like wow. there's those types of high hopes and expectations there. But yeah, we'll see if they can block up front or not. If they can't block anyone, then it's really not all going to matter all that much. But if you were to ask OU fans right now, like which position groups do you feel best about? And, and I would echo these same sentiments. I'd probably say the secondary one and a close two for me would actually be the running backs. And it's not just those one, two guys, Sawchuck and Barnes that I mentioned. They got Tawi Walker, a UCF transfer. They got two freshmen coming in that have looked good. I really like what they have at running back this year. Yeah, Gavin Sawchuck and Javante Barnes, names to watch next to Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback at Oklahoma. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, though, I mean, you know, the Oklahoma, obviously the Red River game when it was a route and Dylan didn't play with the concussion. But aside from that, when he was healthy, he was maybe the most consistent and best quarterback in the conference. Got to feel pretty good about that for, uh, you know, coming back running your offense, you know, to, to, to a high level with that young, that young guy. He's been playing a lot of football. Well, it depends on who you ask here, Aaron. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, everything you said is right, but this fan base is divided oh, as no. to who the starting quarterback should be this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it, people are just spoiled here, you know? I mean, they honored Kyla Murray on Saturday, Heisman Trophy winner. Baker Mayfield came before him. Jalen Hurts came after him, who finished second in the Heisman. There's just people have gotten used to having the best quarterback in the country, and – 
Dylan Gabriel's a nice player. He's not that. So really kind of the, the first time that you don't have that, people all of a sudden think that Dylan Gabriel sucks and he's no good and Jackson Arnold should be the starter from day one. And, hey, well, maybe Jackson Arnold takes over at some point this year. But, yeah, like I, I, I think you could have a take that Dylan Gabriel is the best returning quarterback in the Big 12 this year. Maybe Jalen Daniels at KU would have a better claim. But Dylan Gabriel's in that conversation. But that's the thing. Half the people here – uh, think that he should be the starter. You can't start a true freshman. The other half want Jackson Arnold to start as as soon as possible. Well, and pick uh-huh. that up because here in Austin we know it's Arch Manning, but Quinn Ewers is going to be the starter. Uh, you know, Jackson Arnold is the name. He was the number one player in the state of Texas, number one quarterback in the state. Went to Oklahoma. Of course, the Longhorns get Arch from Louisiana, but that's the name, right? And that's that's crazy to me. But that's college football, right? He's a true freshman versus a what a twenty two, twenty three year old senior who played really well last year. But you know, that's that's where we are in college football. I'm assuming they go with the veteran when it's all said and done, regardless of what the fan base says. No question. And again, like, is there a scenario where Jackson Arnold could take over in the middle of the year? Sure. I mean, there's that scenario, but I don't think it's Dylan Gabriel throws two interceptions in a non-conference game and they quickly pull him out. Like, I don't think the, the lease is that short or anything. But yeah, I mean, speaking of Arch Manning, I, I think that you know, Jackson Arnold had a really good spring. I mean, he looks the part. He should. He's a five-star, so that's not all that surprising. But on Saturday, Jackson Arnold was playing behind the second-team offensive line that's really beat up, and he didn't have much of a chance to throw, which kind of reminded me of Arch a little bit. The Texas spring game is just mm-hmm. felt like he had no time to throw back there. But then Jackson Arnold gets in one, uh, one drive with the first-team offense, and he throws the best ball of the day, throws a touchdown to tie the spring game uh, at the very end of the game. So That's all I don't you think need. we have a quarterback controversy on our hands. I don't think it's legit, but uh, you know how that goes with the fan base. It certainly does. It certainly does. And uh, Brett Venables, obviously, right? I mean, I, I found it funny, and I think you did too, Tyler, last year when Lincoln Riley left and took so many of the pieces with him to USC that everything was going to be fine and Brett Venables would just walk in and keep the winning going. Obviously, that didn't happen. Went 6-7. and seven, But, uh, you know, how confident is Brett Venables that they can turn this thing and be a much improved team in 2023? Uh, I mean, he says he expects the defense to be on a different planet this year. I'm not sure what planet they were on last year because it was pretty god-awful where they were defensively. Um, the, main, the main point around here as to why this team should be better is, well, an, another year, right? And they brought in some good portal players. Guys, this is the worst OU schedule that I can remember in recent memory. Um, you're supposed to play Georgia this year, but that's not going to happen because of the SEC move. You have Arkansas State, uh, you've got Tulsa, and you've got SMU in the non-con. That's one of the easier non-conference I can remember for OU in quite some time. OU dodges Kansas State, Texas Tech, and Baylor, who I think could all be pretty good. Dodge all those three teams in the non-conference or in the uh, conference. And you know, we look at Texas' schedule up here and say, "Geez, not only is Texas' schedule more difficult in our eyes, it's much difficult because Texas still has to go to Alabama." They still got to play Kansas State. I believe you guys have to play Baylor and Tech as well. Yep. Like we counted it up like the, the fourth or fifth toughest game for Texas, excluding the OU Texas game, of course. Like the fourth or fifth toughest game for Texas might be the toughest game or would be the toughest game on OU schedule. So we're looking at the schedule saying this is the worst schedule that we've seen in maybe in program history. So if you don't win at least 10 games this year, I think it's a major disappointment. Wow. If they're not in the championship game with that schedule. Yeah, wow. Yeah, they go, they go to yeah, Cincinnati. Exactly. 
They go to they they add Cincinnati. Of course, they have Texas, but then yeah, UCF, Kansas, Oklahoma State in the rivalry game for the last time, which would be a lot of uh, hype. Of Virginia, West Virginia, BYU, and TCU to wrap it up. Uh, well said, good stuff right there, Tyler. We always appreciate it. Uh, good overview. That's what we're looking for. We'll check in again as the summer goes, and certainly when fall camp gets going, and we'll certainly see a Big Twelve media days come July to get this thing cranked up one last time for Texas and Oklahoma in the Big Twelve conference. You bet. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Tyler. Tyler McComas. There you go. Uh, always good. Yeah, how about that? I didn't. I really hadn't looked at their schedule that closely. That is. Well, now that I see that, now I yeah. I feel like they're going to win even more games because I thought they'd be pretty good coming into this year with their quarterback their the second time was around if he stays terrible healthy. last year. Defense was just awful because remember going into Brett Venables' first year, they lost so many guys to graduation. Their best defensive players graduated. And then they lost some guys to the portal. Of course, Lincoln Riley took, took, a took his guys. quarterback sure. and a bunch of offensive guys and a bunch of coaches to USC. And uh, obviously, six and seven was the final number. Uh, but yeah, the schedule does set up nicely if they do have a better football team. And that's interesting. Jackson Arnold versus Dylan Gabriel. They don't have to pay the, play the powerhouse Houston? Uh, no. Uh, I'll look at that. We'll talk about it coming up in Hot or Not. But uh, follow Tyler on Twitter if you're looking for good stuff on Oklahoma. Always a pretty balanced view. Uh, at Tyler underscore McComas is where you're going to find him. He uh, hosts that, that afternoon show on the ref up there in Oklahoma City. We come back. Uh, we will pick up these conversations plus some Hot or Not topics. We will check in in Waco as well before the end of the show, Buck. Checking in in Lubbock, in Norman, in Waco. Figure out how they're feeling about their teams in 2023 coming off the spring. It's B&E on the Horn. What's hot? And what's not. What's Hot, What's Not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Yeah, Hot and Not, uh, Hot Texas Softball sweeping Oklahoma State over the weekend, the third-ranked team in the land. Good for them. Texas Tennis on the women's side wins the Big 12 championship for the fourth time in five years. Uh, on the not hot side, Buck, Texas baseball, another rough weekend on the pitching mound. Uh, Longhorns with 22 more walks this weekend. And the games on Saturday and Sunday in the doubleheader loss, they had 16 walks, uh, four wild pitches, and three hit batters over the course of the two games on Saturday. A lot of free yeah, passes. Yeah, don't get near that. Don't get too tight to that, to that home plate because they will hit you. A lot of charity, and obviously Skip Johnson's uh, Oklahoma Sooners took advantage of that and swept the Longhorns for the first time since 1998. Longhorns tumble from first place in the Big 12 down to tied for fourth at 8-7 and seven with Texas Tech. That was a rough weekend, no doubt about it. Uh, also, Buck, on the uh, not hot side, one of your favorite stores, Bed Bath & Beyond. They've donated some George Foreman grills to the Mullet Open. Which yeah, is- yeah, yeah, the bigger ones. Now, I'm not talking about that little, because you, you got that little ghetto one, don't you still? I don't think we have our George it's Foreman gone, grill any it? longer. Your daughter take it up to North Texas. With my it? son took it. Somebody took oh, it. Oh, somebody took it, right? We're all about the air fryer now at the house. Oh yeah, I am too. But fryer. you, you lived and died by that little George. Back Foreman. in the day when there when wasn't I, an air fryer, uh, I said no. There's no way. Too much grease. I think no, had it on a little grease, grease collector, right? Yes, it did. Or did it have a grease trap? But Bed Bath and Beyond is where you could buy the George Foreman grill, among other places. Yes, they're, 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 they 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 filed for bankruptcy, Buck. And oh. anytime I hear the name Bed Bath and Beyond, because I don't ever go to those places. Here's what I think of. Do we have a little of this, tie? This is what I think a lot of us think when we hear Bed Bath & Beyond. Okay, anyway, yo, man, come hit this right here. You need to hit this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hit that. No, I appreciate it, but I told my wife I wouldn't drink tonight. Besides, I got a big day tomorrow. But, but you guys have a great time. It's a big day? You're doing what? Well, um, actually, pretty nice little Saturday. We're, uh, we're going to go to Home Depot. Yeah, buy some wallpaper, maybe get some flooring. 
stuff like that. Maybe Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? Give me that thing. I'll do one. I'll do one. We're gonna do one. We're gonna do one. Do you? You haven't had a stroll uh, through Bed Bath and Beyond in a while. There you go. And then, of course, Frank the Tank gets Frank the, the uh, tank. Yeah. Oh, it's so good when it hits your lips. It's so good. <laughs> Snoop Lewis. Snoop Lewis is running naked through the quad. Oh, Will Ferrell. Man. Will Ferrell. By the way, did you see that Will Ferrell, uh, T.Y., has a new concept for a movie coming out that he wants to make about a rival golf league that challenges the PGA Tour? And he says it's going to have a very... Are you sure he's not one of the brothers of Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> no. He, Are you sure his name hasn't come he, up yet? No, Will Ferrell is, wants to make a movie about a, essentially on the live golf idea, and it's going to have a very uh, oh my Talladega goodness. Nights feel wow. to it. A lot of slapstick comedy for Will Ferrell, for sure, but that's a classic bed bath. Don't know if we'll have enough time. I don't know if we'll have enough time to get to BB and B. <laughs> uh, Ty, what do you have for us in How to Now? We've got plenty of time for you, my friend. Um, well, Gail King and Charles Barkley oh, are... No joining forces to uh they're starting a new show on cnn called king charles oh no um <laughs> it's it's going to be uh, obviously a, a political show um on, on cnn in a prime time slot um you know the name king charles obviously a play off of both their names i get it um what do what do y'all what do y'all think you think charles is the next no is the next big thing in, in no. paul news politics I hope not, but I I do enjoy <laughs> watching he and Shaq and the Jet on TNT. And that's very go. funny, and they have some political commentary sometimes. You know, Gail King, of course, is Oprah Winfrey's best friend. They're who, buds. Who she helped get to get launched from local TV news person to like media star, uh, and she's a talented person herself. So you know, okay, uh, you know, I'll give it a try. Charles Barkley's pretty funny. Is, I don't think I this is supposed to be funny. I will probably not make though. that a staple. It's not supposed to be funny. It's supposed I, to be serious. I think it's supposed to be serious. Oh, that's even worse. Can Can Charles Barkley be serious all the time? I don't. Uh, it, Talk about fat how girls inform, in San Antonio. How informed is he on the world? T- world Does that news? matter? Does that really matter? No. I mean, it doesn't matter when you're talking about college basketball or the NBA, really. But if you're, I don't know. I mean, we know how news sucks, anyways. So this well, this news. might make it a little bit more interesting, at least. Well, people just choose to watch the news that they that says what they want them to say, and that's where they go and they get their news, and they're happy. Charles won't have much to say unless I'm looking for basketball. Charles Moda won't have much to say. I doubt I mean, that. I mean, much to say Charles that I'd be interested that in. you'd be interested in. Yeah, I I could see that. You know what? I'll give it a look. I'll give it a look. That's about all I can commit to at this point. Well, it'll, it'll air Wednesdays. Oh, really? Starting starting, start, starting next week, I think, actually. What time? What time of the day Charles? are we getting this? It's, it says prime time, so I'm guessing 6 to 8, anywhere in that range. Oof. Good chance I'll be watching the Astros. There you go. <laughs> or the Longhorns. Yeah, can we get Charles on a on a halftime or a seventh inning MBL, MLB show, too? I mean, I feel like he's well, again, the, doing the, everything these days. The TNT show is one of the great... TV pregame or postgame shows ever created. I don't know what this is going to be. Well, he did. He did college basketball too, and he didn't know. It's very clear that he didn't watch any college basketball all year. Exactly, based right. off his bracket and his takes during the tournament. It's an entertainment piece. It's not a yeah. news show. Let's go with that for sure. Uh, okay, we'll come back. We'll pick up the conversations, talking all things good, bad, and ugly from a busy weekend here on BNE.